everybody this your man brother red we're at you again with another special episode of no vultures this is the conclusion of season one and we're gonna finish it with a very special guest today uh, a close personal friend of mine his brother was one of my very best friends growing up and i'm so happy to have him here because he has a story that needs to be told about a great friend of mine his name was Andre Rowland, and I'm here with his little brother, Christian Lewis. And Christian, let's jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about um, uh, where did you live, how many siblings did you have, and a few early memories about Andre. All right. I come from Columbia, Missouri. Um, I lived at Hackberry, that's north side of town in Columbia. Out in Praisersville, and uh, it was me, my big brother Andre. I had another brother and two sisters. You know, uh, that was pretty much us growing up. Word. Now, um, tell me a little bit about your mom and dad. What was their names? What they do for a living? That sort of thing. Okay, my mom, her name was Norma McDonald. You know, she got married to my brother's father. And um, that's where the Roland comes in for my mother's last name. That's also Andre's last name. We didn't have the same father, but, you know, um, just growing up as a black tight-knit family, you know, mom always takes care of everything, so. Yes, ma'am. Or should I should say, yes, sir. I, I can tell you, Miss um, Norma Jean, um, many nights at our house and many times we was over at y'all's house. So, you know, um, mm-hmm. and love Miss Norma. Uh, your sister, Nick, that's fam, you know, off the top. So, um, it's very important that we get this message out to the people to let everyone know about Andre, um, the type of person he was, because to me, I think that the one thing that, and we'll get into this a little bit further as we go along, but the thing that didn't set well with me was when all the stuff swirling around, it seemed like there's some extra things that did not need to be put on there. And I'm like, no, you're not going to dirty up my friend's name like that. You're not going to put that on him. That wasn't him. Uh, No way. You know, my father actually took me out to the site. And my dad never cries. He actually teared up. And he said, no, there's no way that boy could have did that to himself. Andre was bigger than me. And he's like, you couldn't fit in that tree. So we're going to get into that. Um, Now, as we circle back around a little bit, were there any community groups, church groups, uh, youth activities, things like that, that you and Andre, that that you guys were involved in? So we just have a little bit of background about things that he enjoyed, things that y'all like to do. Yeah, you know, uh, we was one of them families that, you know, my mom always tried to keep us in a little bit of everything, you know. So whether it was playing basketball, whether it was 
playing, you know, Mighty Mikes back then, as we called it, you know that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Foot for the football, you know, in the summertime running track. So he was always doing something. And then Andre, you know, he had a lot of friends, so he was usually the the kick of the party. So, you know, we just had a a good childhood. Well, and he was. Andre was definitely always alive at the party, and that was the thing with him. It's just so much life and positive energy. Um, whenever there is, you know, it seemed like it was a dark cloud, Andre could come into that room, and that right. cloud, even if it's just the time that he's there, it was going to be gone because just the type of guy he was, he just, man, he just always had a good vibe. You know what I mean? Just, right. just, yeah. that, just that positive energy where it's just like, man, we're going to have some fun today. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but we finna, we finna have some exactly. fun. And that was the thing exactly. I always, always remember about Dre. And man, we just get in trouble because he's like, hey, we finna, you know, we finna cut up. Right. But it was always good natured. It wasn't nothing like, uh, where it's like, oh, these, you know, this is a bad kid. It was just, you know, boys being boys, being mischievous, but fun. And that was always the thing that I remember about Andre. It was like, right. man, I'm like, man, we finna get in trouble. Oh, come on, man, let's do it. All right, let's go. You know, and, and that's, you know, that was always the thing about, I'm like, man, this dude is always fun. And so um, it, right. it really hurt when we lost him because it's one of those things where um, you have people that just bring you that that feeling. And so it hurts a little bit more when you have someone who has that light. And when you say like, okay, God, why this brother? Right. So, and that's one thing that I also want to really emphasize is, uh, and you can you can definitely uh, let us know. Is it fair to say that Andre uh, he was not a bad character? This is not someone, and that was one thing I didn't like was the character assassination. Right. And set the you know, set the record straight on that. Okay. Well, first off, let me just remind everybody that Andre was only 14 years old. He was only a child. He was 14. I, sometimes I think, you know, how we we watch basketball and we see Shaquille O'Neal always getting fouled. And when, when he complains, they say, well, he's so big. Well, you know, big people get hurt too, you know. I, I always think my brother kind of got that rap with people mm-hmm. that didn't know him from you know, just hearing the stories, you know, we talked to somebody one time and the man said, well, you know, it was like 300 pounds. Well, you know, you, you, you know him personally, so you knew he wasn't 300 pounds, but the stories always was just outlandish, you know what I'm saying? For no reason for a 14 year old. And I think that was really just covering up the bigger picture, the bigger story. They were using all those things to cover up the bigger picture, you know? And I agree with you 100%. Yep, and I agree with you because there were some things that were said, and, you know, that's what really hurt my family. I know my father, because like like you said, we knew Andre, and he was, I mean, he's a big guy. And we had bigger cats that we grew up with. Right. You know, know, it's like he wasn't some big old monster. He's a big guy, but you know what? If any of y'all got a chance to know him, he's the big old teddy bear. Right. <laughs> you know, the nicest right. dude that you ever going to meet. And so yeah. that was something that I'm so glad that you, you set the record straight because that, yeah. that didn't sit well with me, that character assassination. 
and he didn't carry himself Mm-mm. otherwise. You know, Andre was the nicest person you was gonna run into. He, yeah. So he never carried himself like anything other than who he was. When you met him, you liked him. Yeah, it, yo. it was it was as simple as that. That was it. And the, the, like, it, it was really as simple as that. It was, and you know, and, and he was cool with everybody, right? White, black, definitely yeah. a ladies man because he was gonna holler at the ladies. You know what I'm saying? Right. And right. that was it. And he was really one of the ones that's like he would get you out of your shell to want to you know holler and spit a little yeah. game at the girls because he's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do me anyway. You do what you do, right. but hey, if you don't right. speak up, you don't know. And he used to tell me right. that all the time. He's like, man, you better speak up. He was like, you want to holler at the little chick? Better speak up because she might like you, she might not, but you don't know if you don't say nothing. And he was always right. one of the first ones. He wasn't afraid or bashful to talk to different people and, and really to, to chop it up with anybody. You know, he would talk right. to, and that's one thing, I, man, I remember when y'all had first moved out there and y'all, and, and you start going to West Boulevard. And I remember he was in our class. First day, he's already cool with everybody in class. He introduced himself, and by recess time, he done, done matriculated all around the playground, and he's cool with everybody. And that's who Dre was. That's that's who he was. <laughs> um, right, right. Now, I, I do want to ask uh, one more question before we go into our first break. And and we already touched on this, and I really want to hammer this uh, point home. And, and I'm reading in my notes here, and it says, um, it's important that we share to our audience who Andre was. Um a person full of life, a young person that was court, cut short by unexplained tragedy. So, um, and you've been doing a great job. Can you sum up who was Andre? You know, what was his thoughts? Uh, who did he want to be when he grew up? What did he want to be? Um, what were some of the things that he was into, his activities, things that he really enjoyed? Tell us about Andre. I really want people to understand the loss of what a great young man that the community and his friends, what we felt, and I know what your family felt. Okay, all right. Uh, let me let me let me start like this. Andre, he just was just full of life, man. If if I could tell tell people anything, I always tell people that my brother was really he was truthfully one of them persons that you was gonna meet that believed if you wanted it. If you worked hard enough, you could get it. He he truthfully believed that. He didn't believe that you had to just be one person. He believed that, hey, I might can't speak in that, that language, but I sure can try to learn it. Yes. You know, he that was just my brother. Mm-hmm. And I just it's so unfair, you know. I always tell my family that. You don't wish death on no one. You know, death isn't fair for any of us in those type of circumstances. But I do always ask myself, why did it have to be Andre? You know, just because he was so kind-hearted. You know, and as a 14-year-old, nothing, no reason should his life have been, you know, taken short. He loved sports. He loved his family. He loved his mother. He loved his friends. He had plans that afternoon, you know. So he had life that yes. that we were still living that 
that got, you know, cut short. And I just, that's why I tell all the, you know, the little kids, you know, enjoy, enjoy every day. Because, you, you know, no one tells us how many days we got, you know, right. so. But, yeah, he, he was loved, man, and we loved him. You said it best, man, you know, and the thing that struck me, what you said about Andre, he would try new stuff. Right. And I remember uh, one time we, I came over to the house and he had that drum set. He was like, hey, check it out. He was like, hey, I'm like, man, you got a drum. He's like, check it out. I was like, you can't play the drum. He goes, it's all right. I'm going to learn. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, it's okay. I'm going to learn. And that was the thing about Dre. There wasn't nothing that he wasn't willing to try to at least say, hey, let me try it. And, right. and, and, and right. you know, and that, that goes back. Him. Yeah, that goes back to that full of life, man. This cat was so full of life. And it was, it really was heart wrenching. Like you said, to see his, it's like the life force be extinguished way too soon. And so we yeah, definitely, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, was just, I was just saying, yeah, it, it was, man. It, it, it really was, like I said, it just, you know, he just had life to live, man. We was, we was making plans, you know, we was, it was other things that, you know, me and him and the family was supposed to be doing, you know, that, that, that we just didn't get that opportunity, you know, to do, but we just, you know, we here. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I think about the times, you know, at church, you know, we would talk about what we're going to be when we grow up and, you know, I'm going to buy my mama, you know, that's the big guy, where's you going to get your mama? But yeah, he's like, I'm going to get my mom a nice car. I'm going to get her a caddy. You know, we're going to live in a nice house. It, you know, it was like, we all yeah. shared that dream. We wanted to do good for our moms. We wanted right. to like, you know, you know, make some of ourselves to where we can help out our mama. And, you know, and the thing with Andre is, and I can see, cause I had three older brothers. So, you know, my brothers would remind me when, I would be talking about my friends, and we would talk about Andre. We talk about you, like yeah, Christian's always getting in trouble, and they're like, yeah. And Andre's a good big brother because what did Andre do? He always looked out for you. Yeah, and and that's the thing is, my brothers always liked Andre because they said that's a good young brother right there. He's doing what he's supposed to do as an older brother. He's doing you the way they would do me. Yeah, I remember he used to get on your head. You do something, he would get on your tail about it. And, you know, yeah, and that's the thing. There's a lot of cats, you know, they might just let their brother do whatever, but he made sure right. that you was doing right. He wasn't going to just let you, right. you know, go do something that, you know, you knew was wrong. Now, he defended you like a brother, too. He wasn't yeah. going to make sure when nobody going to mess with my little brother. I'm going to settle up yeah. with him later, but you're not going to do nothing to my little brother. And you had to respect yeah. that. And, you know, just as, as, as his peer, <laughs> yeah, hey, I said he checked many cat because it's like, hey, Chris be like, hey, they trying to get at me, dog. Hey, they knew you got to go through Dre. That's not a problem. That's not somebody you want to go through. But he, but he was going to defend you, and you had to respect that. And say, hey, that's his little brother. And and I seen him. He would square up with you and let you know you was wrong. But he wasn't going to let nobody else do yeah. that to you. And that's how it was supposed to be. Yeah, that's right. You know, and and that was the thing. You know. For so many levels, man, just, you know, I can just say I know my family, it just hurt us because we was just like, man, 
we see this is like the young man of your family. He is the man of the house. Like you said, 14 years old, taking that responsibility right. and, and, and running with it, not just shirking from it or saying, oh, man, why do I got to be the, the big brother, the dad, you know, the one to make sure ain't nobody trying to do nothing to know my sisters. Man, Andre did all of that willingly and with a smile on his face and no animosity towards nobody. Yep. That was Drake. No animosity towards nobody, man. Yeah. Like, that just wasn't his character. That's not to say that he wouldn't defend himself, because he would. Yeah. But that's just not, you know, that wasn't his character to walk around be tough. His character was the, hey, you know, this is who I am, who are you, and hey, you know, Let's be cool. That's, yeah, let's have that's it. Let's have a good time. Let's he let... could, he, he could find he could find the good in just about a, just about anybody, man. You know I think what? that might have been one of I think that one might have been one of the things that hurt my brother, you know? Because he could find the good in everybody. And he did. And sometimes you know that just don't that just doesn't work out well all the time, you know? I truthfully feel that way. I can agree with you because I know there's a couple times he would have to calm me down because I'm like, I ain't with that. And you're like, nah, man, just give him a shot. Don't just like, you know, basically don't take right. your first interaction with that person and think that's who they are. And he would. He right. would actually go to bat for people and say, nah, man, give him the benefit. I've seen it on the playground. Every times cats would be like, nah, like, Man, can't mess with that game. Like, nah, man, they cool. Just you know, give him a shot. And so that was something that he always had was that outgoing personality to involve right. other people. And not you know, and that's one thing that I noticed about Andre. He didn't like to see other people down. You know, if there was activities where if it was at church, if it was at school, where we're all involved in something, he was the type of dude, he made sure everybody was involved. He wasn't like, gonna let just somebody sit there. And, you know, maybe not play with the kids or not have the attention to where it's like, oh, right. you're a wallflower. Everybody ignore you. He would actually come up to you and talk to you. And yep. I've seen him do that many times. Like a lot of little nerdy kids where he just start talking them up. They're like, but that's who he was. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, man. It really was. Yeah, and it was a beautiful thing, to be honest with you. At the time, you know, you're teenagers. You're like, man, what's he doing? But as you get older, you see like, you know what? He's he's one of the reasons that made our childhood good because of cats like that that always were thinking positive and looked for the good side in people instead of being jaded and looking for the negative. And I agree with you, man, because I think for me, I had older siblings, so I was a little bit jaded because I had them telling me like, hey, versus Dre, he just always had just great outlook of the world. And so I just thought that was awesome about right. him. I just love that about him, that he was just always so positive. Um, so definitely thank you for those words. We're going to go up on our first break. And then when we get back, what I want to do is um, I want to talk a little bit about the events of the last day that you was with him. So we're going to go up on, uh, on our break. And then okay. when we get back, we'll get into that. Okay. All right. Welcome back, everybody. This is your man, Brother Red, with No Vultures, with our special episode 
We're talking to the family of Andre Rowland, and we're speaking with his little brother, Christian Lewis. And Christian, we left off, and we're discussing Andre. And uh, one of the things that we want to do is um, let's go into the events of the last day that Andre was with us. Can you please tell everybody who's listening uh, why Andre's story is so important and how the impact of his passing has affected the community that we're from? Well, it is impacted a lot of people, you know, and um, the reason why it's important because Andre is really all of us. All of us was 14 at one time. All of us was thinking about what I'm going to do this weekend. You know, that was Good Friday. So, you know, Good Friday, you thinking about getting clean that Sunday. So, you know, that's a fun weekend. Yep. Everybody was Andre at one time. And no one told Andre at the beginning of that day that this was going to happen. So that's the, you know, that's the reason why it's so important that we let our kids know how real this really was. No matter how many times they try to sweep it under the rug, like it didn't matter, we, we're gonna keep pushing and we gonna make them understand no, it was important. You know, his story is important and we are gonna get to the bottom of it. Most definitely, most definitely. And uh, for those folks that are listening who may not be familiar, because we've referenced this several times, uh, and I think that, you know, we've definitely uh, let the audience know how, is it, how Andre has positively impacted our lives. Now, um, let the folks know where the grievance lies and where... You know, folks that love him, where we're feeling the disconnect and why we say we're not pleased with how things unfolded that day. If you could just explain to folks, because there may be some people out there that don't know exactly why we're saying what it is we're saying as far as, okay, we don't like some of the treatment and investigation, that sort of thing. Let people know what happened to Andre. Okay. What basically happened was we, Andre, for one, Andre had been getting threatened, you know, by a couple of people in the neighborhood, like for a couple of weeks. Let's say, let's say around two to three months prior to this incident, it had been ongoing incidents that had been going on in the neighborhood. Like, he had a couple fights, you know, a couple arguments with people. He had a big fight, you know, in the neighborhood just maybe a week or two before it happened, you know. So these is just events that happened right before my brother was killed. And Jeff Jr., he got into it with a couple of people that that weekend 
It was that week, right? The week before. The week before, you know, and authorities was called up. And, you know, as kids, nobody wants to just say people's name when the authorities come. But they obviously is documented that they did come to the school for altercation. Well, what we're saying is they know as well as we know my it was something to do with my brother. And, and you know, from when he was being threatened. And, and we're not going to... Uh, you know, you know, and I know that's one thing that we talked in our pre-meetings that you know you don't want to point fingers at anybody, but I want to let people understand the atmosphere around Andre's passing, just so folks know. This was also around the time uh, during the Martin Luther King legislation when the federal government was going to make right. Dr. King's birthday a federal holiday. And as you know where we're from, that didn't sit well with folks. And um, just about a week prior to Andre's passing, if you remember the Ku Klux Klan, were, they were going to march right through, right in front of Douglas High School, right in, which was the all-black high school in Columbia. And essentially, they wanted to have their parade and protest of the Dr. King Day through the predominantly black neighborhood in Columbia. And right. if you remember, you know, the city said, okay, we're not going to shut you down, but you got to reroute, you know, because, you know, black folks are not having that. So people have to understand the atmosphere from which we lived. Right. And you can literally cut the tension in the air with a butter knife and not just at Jeff Jr. I went to West Jr., we talked about it at church. We would talk about like just the climate of how Columbia was at that time. And I agree with you. Um, those folks knew why the police was called to the school. Would it be fair to say um, there was a racial aspect to that phone call and the reason why uh, it wasn't because I don't want people to think Andre was bullying people or he just fight because Andre never was the type of person to go for bad. And if he got in a fight, there was a reason behind it. It was a damn good reason. It wasn't because Andre was bullying somebody or just picking on somebody. So, yeah, set the record straight on that, too. Let people know, it, you know, Dre wasn't going for bad. Why was he getting into those altercations? Yeah, and... And with that, it wasn't it wasn't just a one one person one person thing. It was a group of kids against another group of kids, and at Jim Junior, right, is, is what is what was said. So it was multiple people on on both sides, and racial slurs was being thrown. Now, anytime we all know, once racial slurs is the main ingredient of the discussion then it's not just a group of kids not liking another group of kids. It's it's racism now. That's what it was. And what I'm saying is the neighborhood that I lived in had the same group of kids. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That went to Jeff Jr. at the time that didn't live anywhere near Jeff Jr. They lived in Pratersville on the other side of town. But Andre also lived in Pratersville on the same yep. side of town as them at the school. So it was a lot easier for the same group that was getting into it with the group of kids at Jet 
to be able to get back in touch with my brother in our neighborhood because that's where we all stay. Yep. So, you know, a lot of people don't don't know that with Andre's story, but those is facts. That is facts. And I know I remember exactly where y'all live. Y'all live right around the corner from us off of Creasy Springs. And I remember the right, bus. Right, y'all rode bus right, 48. Right down the back way. Yep. Yep. Y'all rode bus 48 because right. my brothers rode that bus to go to Hickman. Because that was the Hickman right. Jeff Jr. bus. We rode bus 39, which also went to West Boulevard, West Jr. Right. So, and so I, I know that bus. And I know exactly them kids you're talking about. Because like you said, we all was in the same neighborhoods. You know, we was, what, about a 15-minute bike ride from y'all. Exactly. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. And so, um, now, how hard has it been for you and your family to continue to keep the faith and that information is going to continue to come? Because I know um, there was a time where it just seemed like, uh, and I'm going to be frank here, it seemed like the powers that be from where we're from did not want to touch this case with a 10-foot pole and really do the investigation the way it's supposed to be done. How hard has it been for you guys to keep your faith that, you know, information is coming or that, you know, that people will do the right thing and start to speak up a little bit so we can get a little bit of light? Well, I just think that it's a little different now. You know, now that I'm grown, you know, at the time I was 11 years old. So I'm a little bit older than 11 now. So, perspective. so you, you know, I can, I can pretty much do the footwork myself now. Right. And it, no one can tell me anything different than the story because I lived it. So you can't lie to me about anything. You know, you can't, you can't, people can't put extra sauce on the story because I know the story. You understand what I'm saying? So the, when I'm talking to someone or I'm, I'm talking about the story, it's all true events. It's none of it's made up. So the things that I know, like I know that it was a botched investigation because in the paperwork, they say they talked to 15, maybe 20 people or something. Well, we know it's not true. Right. We, we know, you know, them as facts. We know that what, because we have other paperwork where, you know, they contradict that and, you know, where they apologize for, uh, you know, a botched investigation. So right. we know their, their footwork was, wasn't nothing. So our thing as a family has always been nothing has ever stopped law enforcement from continuing the investigation or beginning the investigation, you know, beginning one because they never investigated anything with my brother. Okay. Ever. Now, Christian, you were the last person to see Andre alive on the day that he was taken from us. And your best recollection, can you walk us through that day? Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a normal day, you know. We like I said, it was good good Friday that Friday, so we you know went to school. Long story short, came came home. Uh, my bus would get 
get me to my house maybe just a minute or two before his. I could see, you know, I could see his bus in the neighborhood as I'm getting dropped off. So I basically waited in front of my house when I got off my bus for his to come. You know, he got off the bus normal day. We uh, we had prior plans for that evening to um, go and go and do a little function with the church. Right. And uh, it happened to just be, you know, playing some basketball or whatever. So once my brother had got off uh, the bus, you know, we went in the house. You know, you do your usual, man, when you come home from school. You know, you do your usual you snacks. Yeah, you, uh, get, your, get your little, yeah, get your little snack, a little something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn the TV on. You know what I'm saying? Go upstairs. My grandma will stay with us. Go upstairs, talk to my grandma for a minute. You know, and uh, my grandma uh, had got a phone call from my auntie, and she was telling us to uh, get ready because you know to go to the little church function or whatever. So. Me and Andre had went and we had uh, <laughs> we had changed our clothes, our school clothes. We had put, you know, our little basketball shorts. Oh, yeah, okay. On, um, you know, back then, that's when uh, people thought it was cool to wear the, you know how y'all used to wear the tights? Yeah. The, the biker shorts, yeah. I mean, the biker shorts, yeah, heard- and then the shorts, yeah. the shorts over <laughs> You know, that's what we did, you know what I'm saying? We did, so right, we did. We, 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 we was getting ready for the game, that's you know? Yeah, that's, that's what we did. That's how we wore it. That's, that was our, that was so, our uniform, yep, yep. <laughs> so, you know, we going to get ready or whatever. So, uh, my mom... My mother had been um, telling us the the previous day, you know what I'm saying, make sure when we get home, you know, you eat and, you know, get your clothes together and I'll be to get you, so don't leave. So, you know, it's always bothered me, man, that that we ended up just being kids, man, not really listening, you know. I wish we would have just stayed, you know what I'm saying, and just waited on my moms, man. But, you know, kids is going to be kids, and this is the reason why people need to hear Andre's story. You know, these it's, it's so many, so much knowledge in this one story of people just sitting, listening, and grasping. Because after we got dressed or whatever, we had been previously going down the street playing basketball on this basketball goal. And uh, I can't really recall the actual owner of the house, but obviously it was one of the kids, you know, that we would normally play with. And they was right. cool, you know. Yeah. But uh, we had all been down there playing basketball. So I was like, you know, let's go down there and get a couple shots. Shots in. You know, I didn't change. We done changed our clothes under oh, our yeah. clothes. You ran the ball. I'm yeah. MJ. Everybody <laughs> would be like, yeah. Hey. That's it, yeah. So, it's all, yeah. You know, it's play. We was itching, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go down there and get a couple buckets in before my mama pulls up, you know? Yeah. So uh, I'm telling Dre, I'm like, man, let's, you know, go down there and get us a couple shots in. And, you know, Dre, he was a mama's boy, so he's like, nah, no, no. <laughs> you yeah. know what mama said, bro? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, they ain't going to get me in trouble. <laughs> we going we gonna to shoot all night. Don't even worry about it. So... You know, as a little brother, like I said, he was 14 and I was 11. So we was right there at those ages where I'm in the in the middle of nagging 
And I'm really cool though. You yeah, know yeah, yeah, yeah. You just but, almost at the age where he can take you so everywhere. Close to where yeah. I can kind of pull him with me for yeah. certain. Ah, uh, yeah, that ain't too bad. You know, it wasn't too bad. So, yep. Long story short, man. Maybe 10, 15 minutes later, you know, I'm I'm in the bathroom. I need a little bathroom break. You know, so Dre calls me, man, and he's like, man. Uh, Chris, come on, let's run down there and see if anybody's down there before mama before mama pull up. Let's, you know, go get them shots in. And I'm like, man, give me give me a minute. First I told him, you know, just give me a minute, you know? Yeah. But then I was like, you know, because you you're not worried about anything. Right. So I'm like, man, just uh go ahead and I, I'm I'm gonna catch right up with you in just a minute. And he's like, you sure? I was like, yeah. So next thing I know, you know, he must have, you know, went did whatever he did. I, you know, time time is a tricky thing when you ain't keeping up with it. Right. You know. Right. Time is a tricky thing, but I tell you, I couldn't have been in there no longer than maybe another three, two, three minutes. So as I come out, as I'm coming downstairs. I noticed that that my back door, like I got a sliding back door, and I I noticed that it's just jacked open, okay. like it's open, just like wide open. So I'm like, you know, that's kind of odd, you know what I mean? Right. Because coming downstairs in my house at the time, right when you get to the bottom stairs, my front door is right there. Right. You know, yeah. so it was kind of like somebody just got in and left my door open, and that's unusual. so I. Right, so I know Andre would have just because when he was talking to me, I'm figuring while I'm knowing he's right, he's right there at the door. He right. should be anyway, you right. know. Right. So anyway, I go downstairs and uh, I go ahead and shut the door and I walk around like the backside of my house to the front of my house. So as I'm, you know, in in the front of my house, I walk. You know, I'm going then I'm coming down the street, I'm coming to where the basketball goal is. Okay. So as I'm coming, you know, we always had a tendency because in the neighborhood, even if you go out to that neighborhood right now, if if you have somebody go and stand a nice distance away in that neighborhood and you drive your car to another part of the neighborhood, if you just stand there and you listen if you listen, if they yell your name, you can hear them. Okay. Me, I, I, I recently went out there and did it just to make sure I wasn't tripping. Right. You know what I'm saying? You right. still can hear it. Hear, hear it. Right. So we, the echo of it. So we always used to would yell each other's name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Out and we would always get a response. Yeah. And. I did it and I didn't get any type of any type of response. And it was just the creepiest feeling in the neighborhood because when I went, I noticed for one one thing I noticed it was no kids at the at the court. And that's easy. And no that's kids pretty odd. at the court. And I knew my brother, yeah, my brother would have seen that and he would have turned right around. He right. wouldn't even have went down there. Like I know him. He wouldn't even have went down there. Yeah, there's nobody so, there's nobody playing, so yeah, I'm gonna go ahead hit on back. Right. right. 
Yeah, and and that's a you know you know us. That's a red flag anyway. Ain't nobody there. I'm definitely not gonna be there by myself. Exactly, and that's you all know? the time because where we live, our parents told us because we're black, don't be going right. off nowhere by yourself. And see, that was right. something and that my parents was like, you know, it just seemed odd that like that was something. And I'm glad you mentioned this because we were black kids in that neighborhood as well, right. and. When you live, cause we and people need to know we lived in Columbia, Missouri, but we lived in Boone County. We didn't live right. in the city. Right. Yeah, and y'all lived even further out. Y'all was out there in Presbyterville, and yes, you know, yeah, that we was, got the church. Yeah, and our and our, you know, like all black. Fam- I know this for a fact. We was told do not go outside without your brother or somebody. You did not go out by as, yourself. As you- and that's just, you know, it's not being bougie, man. It's just, nah. it's like uh, unwritten, um, it's like the unwritten black law. That's just one of the things that we're taught as kids. You don't leave the house. When you leave the house, leave it with your brother. Yep. You know, don't 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 leave by yourself. If there's more than one of y'all, y'all need to all be together. And, be, and don't go too far where I can't call you. And so when you're telling me exactly. the story about we, we calling know. within earshot, we all had that. Exactly. You knew when mama calls. That's right. When mama calls, right. you better be able to hear her. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we talk. That's right. And that's what I always tell people about about that last day with Andre. And it was like. No one, it was like somebody made a phone call and say, hey, it's happening today. Wow. Like, that's how bare it was out there. Like, I, I couldn't see anybody. Like, it was like I was the only person out. When I came to see my brother, it was like I was the only person in the whole neighborhood. Like, everybody packed their bags and moved away to another town. Wow. That's what, what it looked like. So, imagine, imagine you seeing that. I walk back home. It only takes me two, three minutes to walk back home. Like the distance is only maybe a thousand feet away from my front door for real. You know? Right. right. So it's not that really that far. Right. But it's crazy because I drive, my mom gets to the house. We drive in town. You know, we go to pick up my sister. And uh, when we get there, we end up um, pulling up to my auntie's house. And as my auntie comes to the door, you know, she's talking with my mother. And uh, her mother opens up the door and she says, she yells out to my mom. She says, um, Jeannie, you want to get back out there to your neighborhood? Because this is Winnie on the phone. Now, Winnie was my grandma, Miss Winifred McDonald. Okay. Now, that was my grandma. So, she says, you might want to get back home because Winnie's on the phone saying these boys, now these boys is some of Andre's friends have okay. came to my house and they said to my grandma that they was looking for Andre. So my grandma says to them, because she's knowing, well, if he's left this house, you know, he's not going to be out of this house not unless he's with y'all. You know how yeah, grandma, exactly, yeah, y'all exactly. is friends. Yeah. Why y'all asking me yeah. basically? Yeah, you know where, yeah, where he he's supposed to be with y'all. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. anything, if he's yeah. not here. So long story short, they basically say to my grandma, 
Um, when she tells them that, yeah, I think that's Andre. So they basically confirming that either either they have seen Andre deceased, seen something happen to Andre. They know something about something with Andre. Do you see what I'm saying? And did anybody the, question any of these young people? No. No. So, okay, so these are, so I'm just letting y'all know these are some of the red flags that the general public does not know about what happened with my brother's case. None of those people was ever questioned by law enforcement, ever, to this day. We've questioned and interviewed all of them, right? every, every last one of them, but the law enforcement hadn't. Now, these are the same kids that was his peers right. that knew about the same fights, Knew about the same kids threatening him, the mm-hmm. same kids living in the neighborhood. So the evidence has always been there. This is truthfully probably the sweetest cover up I could ever say that someone's tried to do. What what else what else could I call this? If I can tell you this information, tell me why law enforcement wouldn't do wouldn't know this same exact information. Dealing with dealing with a group of fourteen and fifteen year olds. And you know what? Uh, I cannot answer that because, like you said, it sounds to me like the family has taken upon themselves to do as a thorough of an investigation as you can, while Correct. not while not being trained professionals, while not you know going to criminal Correct. justice school, and you know Correct. not you know learning investigative techniques, but just on the strength and love of your brother and just knowing, okay, um, at least let us have some type of closure to know what really happened one way or another, but why are y'all going to leave it like this? And then um, to add some of those other things onto uh, already what is a a tragedy. And that was uh, what really, I think, in the community where, um, and you're right, Andre's uh, story, I don't think it has left anybody that is in our grade. He was in my grade, and I know at least for the brothers that you know grew up with him, we have never forgotten that. Never. Right. Never. Right. You know? right. Um, and we're up against the break, and I, but I do want you to know this, and I think it's important, and I think people need to understand this. Um, what happened to Andre affected me to the point to where I knew I could not raise my children in that city and I refused to. And I left Columbia, Missouri and never looked back and never wanted to. And and for me, I just feel like um, that's not some place that I even want to call home until I know that my brother can rest in peace and his mama can rest in peace. Y'all are not going to do that to Miss Norma Jean. This is the sweetest lady in the world. And for y'all, um, and I say y'all, I'm talking about the powers to be in Columbia, for you guys to do this to this woman because you could. That's all right. it was, because you could. Yeah, yeah, that's just what it was. That I, I know we I know we up for a break, but that's why it's important that people got to hear Andre's story. You know, people need to, because my my mother died 
feeling they basically pushed up on her that it was labeled a suicide that it was labeled a suicide but it it, it, it wasn't no it never was never was but she didn't get to go to her grave knowing anything different than that but we found out through paperwork that that's a lie they lied they said that that's what it was labeled and it wasn't they just didn't do it. They just they basically didn't do their own investigation to make it hard on the feds when they come in for them not to have anything to investigate. Bingo. So with all of what we know, now I know that on top of y'all not doing the investigation, I know that my brother's civil rights have been violated. And we just won't stand for it. They gonna have they gonna have to pay for it. Yes, and and, and we want to make sure that the truth gets out there. That's the biggest thing that I know is important for you and your family, and I know his loved ones. Is we just want to know what happened to Andre? Right. Without, he deserves the least that. Yes, and his mother deserves that. Any mother yes. that has to bury their child deserves to know what happened to their child. And on top of that, don't let me forget, when my brother's body was found, the same gentleman that used to throw out threats to the kids, including Andre, that he was going to kill them, you know, if we keep coming in this property, that's where my brother was found. Wow. So, so not only do you have one group of kids that was threatening my brother. You also have a grown man that was threatening my brother and kids, and he just happened to end up right outside the man's doorstep, never investigated. Okay, well, you know what? That is the perfect place for us to stop, and then we're going to pick right back up there. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, this is your man, Brother Red. We're back from the break. We're here at No Vultures with our special episode where we are talking to the family of Andre Rowland. We're speaking with his little brother, Christian Lewis. Now, Christian, we left off where we were uh, talking about, and you walked us through that day, the last day that Andre was with us. Now, um, during that break, we uh, talked about this a little bit, and I think it's important. Did anybody from law enforcement and investigator from Boone County Sheriff's Office, anybody from the police department, from the Columbia Police Department, anyone ever question you directly immediately after Andre's body was found? No. So you're mean to tell me you were the last person who had eyes on him and actually saw him alive, yet no one in law enforcement ever thought it would be important to interview you. No. Okay, people. Well, I don't know what else to do. And, 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 and denied, denied interviews with, with me. So you actually wanted to give your testimony to law enforcement and say, hey, look, this is what I know about my brother. And you're the last person to see him. And they actually refused to even talk to you. Correct. So they wouldn't take your statement on the record. Correct. All right. Well, people, I don't know what to tell our listening audience right now. I'm going to ask you guys 
to be the judge and ask yourself, does this sound like a good thorough investigation of someone's demise? We're talking to Andre Roland's brother, Christian Lewis, the very last person to see Andre alive. And he has just told us, and I'm going to ask you to repeat, or I'm going to ask the question again, just so we get this on the record. Did anyone from local <laughs> law enforcement, and we'll just say even federal law enforcement, take the time to, to talk to you and get your statement on the record, the very last person to see Andre Roland alive? No. I, I, no. No one ever asked me anything about about my brother's death no one asked me anything about how my day was nobody asked me anything but what i will tell you is numerous occasions my mother asked the the people that were supposed to be investigating my brother's death asked them that day she, she, she said she believed somebody needed to talk to me because I was the last person with him and had been with him. And from, from what I can remember, she basically was told that, I don't know whether it was because I was only 11 or a kid, but they basically would do, you know, the investigation. And as we see what type of investigation that was, because no one ever talked to me, ever. Okay. So that's that that's obviously a denial for an interview. Exactly. So um and one thing that I want the listeners to understand because you need to understand the climate. Um and the reason why so many people including Andre's family, his loved ones, his friends feel like there was not a thorough investigation. And we feel like Andre really was scapegoated and you poured a lot of salt into a wound is because they took the easiest route out. There was a young right, man. Right. At, and I believe it was at Oakland Junior High School about a month prior to Andre passing. It was a and I'm going to say it, it was a little white boy who was found in his closet. He had hung himself after masturbating. Uh-huh. And we all okay. heard about that story. And I can tell you uh-huh. to a man, I'm going to be 100 with America right now. Look here. Right. Number one, ain't no brothers putting no belts around our neck. All right? Number two, and I'm going to tell you because we don't do, it. We don't do that. And, and first of all, if we even thought about it. That's what we do. Exactly. We're not into I ain't trying to Say pull it. the race part or none of that. But no. that's just, that type of shit does not in inside a black man. That's just not what that type of anything with something with trying to choke us, we don't like to shit. Thank you. And let's also remember <laughs> folks, he is 14 years old. Okay? You know how what kind of like sadomasochist, kinky sexual stuff you gotta be into to be thinking of doing all this stuff, which I can tell you, look. IJ was like me and all the other brothers. We trying to go get some real booty. All right. We ain't trying to be, oh, let me go hang myself in my closet or outside in the woods when I know my little brother is fitting to come roll up on me at any time. So that whole story was not believable by any of his friends. 
to begin with. No, Andre, and I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it for you so you don't have to. No, Andre did not hang himself. He would have never hung himself. And he definitely would have hung himself to do what they say he was. I'm not even going to say them words. He right. wouldn't have did that. Okay. <laughs> we didn't roll me, like that. We didn't, we weren't even thinking about that. Right. And let me let me say let me say this because um I know that um people have tried to jump to that and say, "Well, I heard this or I heard mm-hmm. that." Let me let me clear this up real real good for everybody to understand. No medical examiner no coroner, no funeral director, none of them ever used that as an excuse. None of them, it never came from their mouths. It came from the police mouth. It was an officer that claimed maybe this is what he was trying to do. So we need to, we need everybody to understand that right there because with time, with the time that's done past, people looked at it like that's what the medical examiner said. That it never came from the medical examiner. They never said that. And that's number one. Number two with that, my brother's pants and clothes was pulled up. His underwears was pulled up. His pants was pulled up, zipped up, buttoned. So Please explain to me if my brother was trying to, as they say, jack off while he's also trying to hang himself and ended up dying. Then please explain to me who put my brother's penis back into his pants, zipped up his pants, pulled up his underwear and buttoned his pants for him. Who did all those things? Thank you. And no one see no one wants to talk about the the common sense part about it. Thank you. So who 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 did that? I guess he killed himself and then he it's he cleaned himself up. It's all magic. It doesn't make sense. Thank you. And, and it, I went to the site as a young man, fourteen year old man, young man. My father took me there. As I told you, he was in tears and he looked at the tree. He said, "Joey and Andre was bigger than me. We had a weight limit." When we played football, Andre had just went past the weight limit to where you could carry the ball. I remember he was mad. He was like, man. I was like, yep, sorry, bro. <laughs> Yo, I'm glad we didn't have to tackle him. You know what I'm saying? Because he could run the peel. But the fact of the matter is he wasn't much bigger than me. He might have been like 10 pounds bigger. My dad was like, look, that little bitty sapling-ass tree wouldn't hold my son. How's it going to hold Andre? Like, Right. We, we were not okay. like incredibly large kids. It was, I weighed like 14, what, now I put a seventh grade? Our weight limit was like 160. I weighed 157. Yeah, Dre was like 165. That tree wouldn't even hold that amount of weight up on the limb that they said he, he climbed up. First of all, the tree wasn't even big enough to climb, let alone do, like you said, do all the stuff that Andre supposedly did in the amount of time that he had to do it, it's impossible. Nobody human could have did all that stuff. Now, now something something else with, with, with Andre's story that people just don't know. 
my brother was never off the ground hanging, period. He was never found off the ground. Wow. His feet was never off the ground. Wow. He was never found hanging. That is that, big. That's just a misconception that, that people is, have. That is that's big. Not, misinformation. That's not the truth. That is misinformation. And I will say it by the media. The media put that out there. Yes, indeed. That is misinformation. Yes, that's all from the media. That that's that's not that's not a true statement. When my brother was identified on the scene, my brother was on his knees, on his knees, as if he was praying, and 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 he wasn't slumped over, he wasn't leaned over, but his fist was his fist was bowed as if he had been in a fight. We we could tell that by. The the way that right. his fist was when you, bowed, yeah, because once you up. pass rigor mortis, yes. in, you can't move, you can't move person's limbs like they're right. locked and in. Uh, even even the coroner's uh, um, stated that you know if you try to kill yourself, you're off of instinct. You're gonna try to get whatever it is away from you if you can, right? Unless you know you basically preoccupied like fighting somebody and getting choked by somebody at the same time. You know, it's a reason why his fist stayed bald. And yeah, my brother was never off the ground. He was never found off off the ground hanging. That's that those those are not facts. Those are all misconceptions. When my brother was identified, he was on his knees. And the like you said, the tree, the tree that my brother was supposedly found found at in the in the paperwork that we have. We know for a fact that the coroner basically stated that my brother could have stood up, took the belt off of his neck, and walked away. We have proof that 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 was said. So it's a lot of explaining to do, and they they they're gonna have to. And nobody has explained. And nobody you. has explained or even tried to explain any of this. Well, no, because they don't even know that I have this paperwork. They don't know that, you know, that someone's really did that they homework and has this stuff, but they finna know. Okay. <laughs> they finna know. All right. Well, um, we got one last question, and we don't want to share too much information because we know that you guys have been doing your due diligence and we applaud you for it and whatever we can do to support that at No Vultures, we want to do that. So without sharing too much privileged information, is there any updates about Andre's case that you can uh, share with our listeners? And then also um, contact information. So if there's anyone out there that might be listening, how can they get in touch with the family and how can they support this? Because we know, and I'm going to be honest with you people, because I just started a podcast. Nothing runs for free. Everybody, you know, right. we got to keep the lights on. And just like this investigation y'all are doing, it takes resources. And so um, is there any information about um, what you guys have found that you can share without you know, sharing privileged information and then also contact information so folks can get a hold of you guys so we can continue this because this is something that I'm going to tell America right now. I'm not, and I'm going to say my real name because I normally don't, but I'm going to let y'all know. My name is Joseph Kenny. I will not rest and I will not, I'm not going to die 
until my friend has justice. Period. I you can put me on a ventilator, but I'm not going Amen. nowhere until my friend gets justice. Is somebody I grew up with from the dirt. We came up first grade kindergarten all the way up until the way to the time he died. And you're not gonna dirty up his name, and you're not gonna let his mother continue to not have the peace in the afterlife that she deserves. We are going to find justice for Andre. Go ahead. I'm sorry for that, but I had to get that off my chest. No, no, you, it, you know, we, we appreciate it as a family, you know, as a, as a long, long time friend, you know, uh, somebody that knew Andre, you know, we, me, me and the wife and the family, we appreciate, you know what I'm saying? Being able to come on no vultures, you know, and, uh, get his, get his story out there, you know, and, uh, you know, everybody check out um, the Andre Rowland story, you know, on YouTube. Um, got my my wife um, in the background, you know, taking care of everything. We all, we really, so we really are happy with the support that everybody gives, you know, and uh, we just want y'all to know that, you know, with hard work, it, it does pay off, but it really does take a village. It really does take everybody because it might not be somebody that I know that I might be able to sit down and talk to, but it might be somebody that you know that you sitting down and you're talking to that might be that person that knows everything, that knows the, the last bits or pieces of the puzzle that it's going to take to go ahead and unlock it. So, uh, you know, we got a lot of big things coming in 2021 in this new year for Andre. We um finna um do a fundraiser for the Andre Rowland um fund. You know, that's gonna be um going towards trying to do, you know, scholarships for these kids, you know, going off to school. Um, we gonna put the money towards having fundraisers, you know what I'm saying, for these kids. You know, it's all in in the name of Dre, man, because that's what he probably would have been doing out here. He would have been giving back. He would have been reaching back. And on top of that, that's what my mother did after after Andre passed. You know, she had an Andre Rowland um, scholarship fund, you know, that she was doing for like scholarships and stuff. So, you know, we just trying to tap into everything, man. Trying to tap into everything for Andre. And on top of that, we still going to get to the bottom of, of this story. Y'all watch out and um, look for um, this documentary that'll be coming out about Andre in just a couple of months. Hopefully we can have it to y'all by this summer. It's going to be really big. And uh, we appreciate it if y'all support it. Most definitely. And you let, you know, all you got to do is let me know and we will let the folks that's listening to know Vultures. And I'm happy to say we got some folks out there in Europe that's checking us out. So we got, a, you know, a, a small but loyal audience and we hope to grow it. Yeah. And we definitely are always going to keep Andre in our hearts, in our minds and on the tip of our tongues. And that's thank the you, thing that you. I want people to realize. And, and I love um, the slogan that you guys have for Dre, say his name. Andre Roland, America, say his name. Christian, you're right. Andre is us. We were all 14-year-old, uh, yeah. young people, full of life. And um, all we're asking is for 
the police department and those investigative uh, folks, please do your job. That's it. That's it. Just do That's your it. job. Not, nothing more. Nothing that we that you wouldn't want for your own child. If Andre could have got at least that, we would have been satisfied. And, and I want to leave you with this because I want you to know that Andre's me, uh, story does uh, resound, uh, resound and people are paying attention, not just where we're from, but um, across the United States. Um, there's a site called the Keith Warren Justice Site. Um, I learned about this young man years ago. And very eerily similar circumstance uh, happened to this young man. And it was in uh, Montgomery County, uh, Maryland. And and I remember... Go ahead, go ahead. No, I ain't trying to cut you off. No, 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 go ahead, I was going to say, you know, for sure. Good, good mind, great minds think alike is what they say, you know. And we we know the story, we know it well. We we've actually spoken to his sister. Outstanding. She said, "Trust local." Yeah, we we've actually spoken to his sister, and uh, the same thing with, like you said, it's so similar. Like she said, don't trust, can't trust local law enforcement. Everything that we got stonewalled, she told us she's been stonewalled with the same exact thing. Two different places, but the exact same thing is going on. So it is definitely similar. So it's almost as if they've got a playbook, so to speak, on this sort of thing where, and let's just be honest, folks, um, when you know things happen to uh black folks, That's law right. enforcement typically when they don't want to explain it because it's not going to look good, usually we get a whole lot of excuses and we get the runaround instead of actual justice. And real in this case, we're just asking you to do the investigation. Can we at least get a real invest? And I'm going can someone interview this man besides me? I'm not a police officer. I'm not. Uh, can, can, can we get someone from law enforcement to contact this gentleman and get his statement on the record? Finally, please. Can we do that? You know, I, 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 I say Andre's case will be solved one way or another. God willing, right? Because they don't, they don't get to, they don't get to cover it up and have the last say too. You get, you get one or the other. You can do what's right and get the last say, or you can cover it up and let God Handle. get the last say. So they don't get both of them. Indeed, and that's a great way to end it. And thank you so much um, for your time. I know this was tough. I know it's been a while. Uh, for you to, you know, it's been hard to 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 talk to about Andre because you love him, and I get it. Right, and right. So, right. thank you so much for allowing No Vultures to be, you know, the first to be able to get your voice because this is important. People need to hear from the very last person that ever uh, was with Andre, and this is his brother. So it's very important to folks understand how important it is that. You learn about Andre and that we help his family uh, get some closure. 
And and Christian, I believe with you is anything that you would like to like the folks to know. Man, I just like to say uh, thank you for listening. You know, keep on supporting. You know, my um, brother Joey. You know, uh, I really, really appreciate it. You know, this is big. It's bigger than me. It's actually bigger than Andre. It's life. And like I always, like I started it, I'm going to end it. You are Andre. We was all that kid. You know, just just remember that. Well said. This is Brother Red. This is our final episode for season one. And we are with the family of Andre Roland, Christian Lewis, and his Wonderful wife, Christian. We want to go ahead and let the folks know what is your wife's name because I know she's helped you out. And we want to make sure we give her her props before we sign out. Okay, hey, I'm Natasha Lewis, and I just wanted to add that I just I want to thank everybody for the support that they've given. I've spoke to a lot of people, and you know they just trusted me. You know, um, comfortable with me. And I've got to know who Andre is, um, even though I didn't get to meet him. But, you know, I've got to know who he is more than just my husband telling me who his brother was to him. I've got to know who Andre is. And he was a beautiful soul. And um, I mean, I just I thank everybody so much for, you know, supporting us because it's been difficult. But without everyone supporting love, I don't think we'd be where we are today. So um, we just need the world to know that we appreciate y'all. And, you know, right now we're selling the, um, the T-shirts, hoodies, face masks, all in honor of Andre. And, you know, all the proceeds are going towards, as you mentioned, the research, um, you know, paperwork, traveling. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be planning those events, the documentary, the scholarship. So all those proceeds are going towards that. But even the people that, whether they're not able to, you know, purchase a shirt or something in that nature, we appreciate them sharing his posts on Facebook, talking about him saying his name. We appreciate all the love. So I just want everybody to know from me that is so appreciative, you know, and just like you sharing your story, um, Joey, with the share your uh, memory part of, you know, of our stories that we've done, it's just, it's just appreciated. So um, as Christian mentioned, everybody tune into YouTube, the Andre Roland story, the documentary is coming out soon. And um, we just we really thank you all from the bottom of our hearts. So. And where can they if they want to purchase uh, one of the shirts for Andre, where can they do that? Let, let people okay. know where they can get that. Okay. Yeah. So um, on Facebook, um, you can go to my page, Natasha Lewis, uh, Christian Lewis. Um, Andre Rowland's page, um, you know, and just place your order that way or however uh, you can inbox us. Um, also, we will be uh, starting a GoFundMe for the documentary and the uh, Andre Rowland Memorial Scholarship. So we'll we'll have more information on that and um, it'll be through Facebook and then we'll uh, relay that information to you. That way you can get it to the people as well. Most definitely. Thank you so mm -hmm. much um, for joining us, folks. Uh, one thing that we always tell everyone that listens to No Vultures, do the knowledge. So we're going to encourage you definitely 
Andre Roland, say his name. I'm going to say it again. Andre Roland, do the knowledge. Say his name. All right. This is Brother Red. We're going to sign out. Any last words just before we get out of here, guys? Anything else? We good. Make sure make sure y'all support no vultures. Mm-hmm. All right. Appreciate it. All right, folks. This is your man, Brother Red. We're going to sign out. Uh, once again, do the knowledge. Peace. What's good, everybody? This is your man, Brother Red, coming at you from No Vultures. We want to thank you for listening to this very important episode. You heard Christian Lewis telling us about his brother, Andre Rowland. We want to remind everyone listening to No Vultures, please do the knowledge. We're going to leave you today with the sounds of Adam and the Flood produced the Say Something Cypher featuring Arms, Quig, Rob D's, Memphis Reigns, and your boy, Brother Red. Remember, do the knowledge. Peace. Time to speak up for those who can't. Arms. Black Lives Matter, that's the word on the street. Peaceful protests met with herds of police. In riot gear, spraying crowds with tear gas. Proving nothing has changed as the years pass. I'm teaching my children never to fear black. People should be treated equal, that's a clear fact. We gotta take action when laws fail. Put a message in the bottle of a Molotov cocktail. Deliver it to the precinct. Get you how we think. Use the same bottles to pour out the liquor we drink. Graffiti murals honoring the slain lives. The faces and names change before the paint dries. But I have faith and believe in the youth. It's about time we make Martin's dream come true. There's racist hillbillies where I dwell. So I rally around the family with a pocket full of shells. Every day, same pattern. Brain splatter like cake batter. Same in wage bastards named after slave masters. They say they contain disasters. Stakes are raised faster. Trained to raise blasters. White rage inside gray matter. And the flames scatter. Bad apples manhandle a mad battle with rabble. Trample to black rebel. Tackle and grapple a black man. The pen handle damn hassle. Paid leaf from the crack of the last gavel. So to quell insurrection, accept the chemical weapons. It's better getting exceptions. Fuck prevent infections get the press's attention redirect your aggression and if you're getting some questions let the pepper correct him blood thirst break the foe invades a spill the fluently and still i'm trained to kill amazing skill a dangerous bill to pay the bills one of world provocateurs are robbing stores all the force justified run and hide or fire till you're all indoors joe militant send a message to vote this is a murder she wrote i got angry got mad booked and shit said fuck the police went back to the lab got my pen and my pad i changed myself first for my community started by being a better dad giving all that i had once upon a time on live tv i saw a young black quarterback taking knee a bunch of angry folks claiming that he hate his country but this man was protesting police brutality and once upon a time on live tv i watched as a white cop dropped and took a knee but it wasn't in protest no siree it was on george floyd's neck and he couldn't breathe once upon a time on live tv i watched protesters march peacefully fists in the air for the world to see in protest of racial inequality and once upon a time on live TV, I saw cops tear gas the crowd nonchalantly. All because a leader of our country wanted a quick photo opportunity. Yeah, once upon a time, a protest in Boston led to the involvement of local law enforcement. They called for backup and came heavily armed, told the crowd to leave, insisted they'd been warned. The crowd got mad and started.
when a black man got shot. Might have been a trigger happy amateur, but that event's known as the Boston Massacre. The cops were British, serving under King George, and the protests of how this country was born. We have been singing the same melody ever since the year 1770. We unite against the things we don't like. We protest, we vote, and we fight. America doesn't always know what's best, but America rose because of those who protest. Gonna educate the children, I'll pass on the wisdom. They the ones that need to listen, they the future of the system. X percent of them grow up to be policemen. X percent of them wrongfully go to prison. X percent of them will say that they are different and the rest of all the people gonna be marching with the millions. So think about how we can beat this all together. Educate them early and burn them into their memory. Teach them about diversity before the universities. Teach them about diversity before state of emergencies. Man, super focused on COVID, but racism, the bigger pandemic put us on notice. Let's build up the toughness to fight against the fungus I hate. They spread around the planet like it's mustard. I'm sick of all the eulogies, tearing up communities, ain't waiting for immunity.